What's up, guys? Welcome to the feed. Another episode of God and Government every Wednesday at 11 o'clock here at Christchurch Media. Or 11.09. That also counts. 11, <laughs> 11-ish. This is loose. We loose. had a few emergencies right, right. as we were preparing to crisis. start the ship. It's okay. We counseled that person off the ledge, and so they're going to... I mean, mm. you know, whatever it was. More yes. like some foam fell off the wall. But that's okay. Something we, like that. We made it work. We made it work. Good to see you guys. Happy... Um, Wednesday? It's Wednesday, it right? It is Wednesday, yes Hump indeed. day, hump day. We got Kanye West news. <sighs> Yeezy 2020 may be over, ladies and gentlemen. The Kanye train has ground to a screeching <laughs> halt. This is where our sound effect board would come into really cool Come on, Producer right Matt, get some sound effects this. up in here. So apparently, uh, you know, Kanye West was running for president, and then he wasn't, but he still is somehow. I don't understand exactly what the details are. But when he first started running, I got excited. I was like, hey, we might actually have a born-again Christian in the campaign. That could be cool. But apparently, um, according to recent news articles, he has made the statement that abortion should not be made illegal. And every person that has a child in their house should be given a million dollars. So I'm not... (laughs) I'm not quite sure what's going on. You know, back in the old days when they would uh, they would harvest cypress and oak, they would transport all the trees down the river. And occasionally you'd have a log jam. Okay. And the way they would free up the log jam is just throw a big old stick of dynamite right in the middle of it. <laughs> For me, that was like the that Kanye was my you know dynamite. Kanye was, like, was the dynamite. This doesn't seem like it will be helpful, but could it be any worse? Let's just throw this in there and see what Let's happens. Just see what happens. Come on, guys, just roll with. So, but it. now, now, it. unfortunately, the ye- uh, he has Yeezy? left the building. They call him Yeezy, right? Yeezy. Producer, producer Matt's nodding at me. That is correct. Yes. Yes. Yeezy 2020 is officially over. The kids <laughs> the kids these days. Crazy kids. Anyway, welcome to the feed, everybody. Today we're talking about the really interesting topic of Christian economics. And I know that you guys mm. just heard that word and you became even more interested in what we were about to say. It's all about say. taxes. <laughs> yeah, say it that way. That's better. That, that'll get Let in there. Let my people go. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> Taxation like is... Is taxation theft? Taxation is theft? Some of it. Some of it. Not mm-hmm. all of it, though. Not all of it. The majority of it. of it. I think we could say the majority of it. Yes. Yeah, um, we could say that. Seeing that we are taxed at approximately 50 or so percent when Wait, we include property and income and that sales. Right. And is that right? Not, when is you, that right? When you add all of it up, 50%? it's around 40 to 50 percent. Well, that's just income tax. No. That's everything. Part-time Ooh. slaves. Dang, that's right. man. That's Slavery awful. is my side hustle. <laughs> That's right. The title of today's show is Robbing Us Blind. Who's robbing us, Pastor Brandon? Who are we talking about? Mm, The devil. Ooh, (laughs) dang. Went there. Yeah, that's right. Now, today we're talking about Christian economics. Mm, We have been um, backhanding Marxism for a couple weeks now. It's been fun. Backhanding Mm. like tennis. Yeah, and I mean, you can't build a society by only tearing down. Only deconstructing. Sure, you have to build something new. We've got to offer that Christian, that biblical alternative. And I do believe that the Bible offers us blueprints hmm. for establishing a just and a thriving society. Hmm. Hmm. That God has given us instructions which cover all of life. Not oh. just the heart. He's not just concerned with personal or individual salvation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not mm-hmm. just concerned with individual sins. He's concerned with society at large. Ooh. Societal sins, societal 
flourishing. All right, all right. God's concerned with the whole world, is what you're saying. Yeah, and he's shown us okay. the way. He's given us his law. Among other things, the law leads us and guides us and teaches magistrates, policymakers, what to restrain and what to incentivize. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so looking to the scriptures, we can get the basics of an economic theory. This doesn't mean that we're economists, but what it does mean is that the, the field that we are in, study of scriptures, teaching of scriptures, theology, philosophy, right. overlaps with economics, sure. and we can know some things. Well, it means that the Bible says, has stuff to say about all of life. That's right. We, we do not have to be scientists or professional certified expert economists mm-hmm. to know some things. Right. We are not into the religion of scientism. We can look to the scripture and we can know some things about economics. We can build sort of the foundation or the, have at least the blueprint for a just society as it pertains to economics. Boom. So that's what we want to lay out this morning. Okay. So Christian what, economics. Where do we start? Step 1A. Well, we start with the qualifier Ooh. that God is not for the poor people. That's right. Whoa. Yeah. Hold on. God Hold is on. not for the poor. Blessed are the poor, bruh. Hold on. Mm-hmm. What you what you talking but about? But God is for the poor. He's not, but he is. All right. Now you got to explain <laughs> it. Now you got to say all the Look, things. In, uh, in um, junior high over at Christ Church Academy, we study logic. We study all the various informal fallacies. One of them is the fallacy of equivocation. Ooh. Say that with me, class. Equivocation. equivocation. That's right. Mm, I got it. See, when, when I say God is for the poor, we have to have a definition of poor. What okay. is the poor? Okay. That's fair. Um, That's fair. A Marxist will use God is for the poor, or Jesus ate with sinners and you know hung out with prostitutes and mm-hmm. cared for the poor. A Marxist will use that cliche mm-hmm. without properly defining poor. Mm. He will not define poor biblically. Okay. He will define poor in a Marxist class-based, you know, class warfare, anyone um, who has mindset. less than someone else, yeah, or wh- whoever falls into the category of the exploited or the proletariat, mm. right? The oppressed. In, and in cultural Marxism, it's basically people of color, um, LGBT, mm. and women. That's mm. you know mm. who is the oppressed or who are the poor and the marginalized and the and the powerless. All these various words you might add uh, immigrants and things of that nature okay but the, there is no rest for the wicked regardless of their socioeconomic status okay god is for righteousness and justice and he shows zero partiality so i say this right out of the gate not to be shocking but to say that when we talk about christian economics we are not talking about socialism Got it. Or liberation theology would be the uh, technical term, how, uh, what socialism becomes when it moves into the branch of theology. Okay. We're not talking about liberation theology. Okay. We're not talking about socialistic economic policies. Okay. We are not talking about using the state to redistribute resources in order to create some form of a forced um, equality of outcome. Okay. See, we're, this is an outcome. That's yeah, an important that's right. phrase. And, right we'll, and we'll unpack a lot yeah. of those things, but we are not saying those things. I don't want people to tune us out. The Christians who often talk about the poor mm-hmm. are often um, socialists. Okay. They're Christian socialists. Okay. They are. They believe liberation theology. Okay. They haven't yet considered that 
poor must be defined biblically mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. as well as rich. They haven't considered all that the Bible has to say about this. And they think, unfortunately, that when the Marxists and the socialists finally take over and have political power and political hegemony, which is the word, that they will then maybe get a seat at the table. Hmm. The Christian socialists think perhaps they will be offered a cabinet spot, maybe, or they will be allowed to continue their Christian ministries. But real Marxists know that the first people to load up the cattle cars are the so-called Christians. Marxism's ultimate goal is total atheism. Mm-hmm. Christians that, that stump for Marxism are stooges. Mm. And a stooge sounds like an offensive term, but it is, look it up in the dictionary, precisely the term I want to use. Yeah, and we need to be able to also say, hey, if you're wondering what we're talking about right now, maybe you're stepping up to the conversation first time, you need to go back and watch our last two or three episodes where we address um, Christianity and Marxism, what it looks like. Oh, yeah, we've been talking about this for a while. That's right, that's Mm -hmm. right. We have an entire sermon series entitled Good News for the Poor. That's right, that's right. So that's what we're not saying. So here we are, what we are saying. Okay. Um. The Bible, the Bible reveals to man that the ideal economic situation in this fallen world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. could be called free enterprise. Okay. Yeah. Let my people go. Let them be free. Let them be free economically. Now, mm. now, now careful. Secular humanists believe that if we have individual freedom... That society will evolve, individuals will evolve. If people can just be allowed to self-actualize, to live their own dreams, and to, uh, to develop their own sense of self-worth and self-esteem, just be happy. You've mm-hmm. heard this before. Sure. I know you're married, and, but stay faithful to your wife until you're not happy. I want you to be happy. Mm. You see, a human, that's humanism. Right. A humanist says, I want you to be free. But in a humanist mind, free, it's free, totally free. Total autonomy of right. the individual. Mm-hmm. It's not freedom to obey Christ. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right, right, right. See? So when I say free enterprise, I don't mean what humanists today and many Republicans mean mm. when they say free enterprise. They mean let the individual be totally free. The individual is good, he has mm. not fallen. And that is how we will enter into societal flourishing. And to speak in the terms that we're talking about today, economics, to let the market be totally free. Let all the people be total free. Mm -hmm. Let it let it go and everything will progress perfectly. Right. So that's more of a humanistic um, understanding. That's not what we're talking about. No, no, no. What we mean, what Christians mean, biblical Christians mean when they say free Mm -hmm. is free to submit to the law of God, Mm -hmm. free to God. We were once slaves to sin and unrighteousness. Now Mm -hmm. we are slaves to Jesus. Right. Right, Amen. Right. Amen. So that's what we mean by free enterprise. Amen. We mean that the people should be given the right to produce, to serve, and to exchange, to engage in enterprise mm-hmm. how they want, free from force, coercion, guns, fines, and regulations, unless they are trying to engage in fraud, theft, or any other biblically defined injustices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there is a government right. established by God right. designed to restrain evil, right. to stop men from injustice, from fraud, from theft, to um, defend property rights, to defend inherit- inheritance rights. Mm-hmm. Right? But beyond these um, sins and injustices, people ought to be allowed to work, to create, to innovate, to, to cooperate, mm-hmm. to produce and to serve how they want. Got it. 
which simply means no price controls and and no um, no uh, overweening regulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, let people serve one another mm-hmm. and work and produce as they want to. Right. In the last episode yesterday on Household and Homestead, we talked about how price controls actually backfired in the great toilet paper shortage of yeah. 2020, <laughs> oh, which that's had right. no reason to even happen in the first place. And, and those things, okay. of course, yeah, that's all complicated. <laughs> but just try, okay? Try. Okay, I'm sure some of our listeners have some family land. You know, some of them. Sure. Maybe they're maybe Papa or, or Grandpa. Pappy. Or Pappy, mm. or Parrain, owns an acre <laughs> yeah, or a Pa-ran. plot of land mm. somewhere in some town. Okay? Like Pacoyen. Yeah, sure. Parrain, Pacoyen. How do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's where producer Wonderful. Matt um, hails from. Am I correct? The great, Not, the great yes. city of Pacoyen. Let, let's just say, let's just take a town such as Bro Bridge, the great metropolis of Bro Bridge. Mm crawfish capital of the Paul world. Paul owns a uh, they don't call them acres there. They call them um, lots. No, no. It's another word. I can't Alice. think of it off the top of my head right now. But they, Grandpa owns a quarter acre. Okay. Go to that. You're, you're an 18 year old, okay? No, I'm not. Go. Let's just say you go to that, that quarter acre in town. You're 18 years old. Try and start a snowball stand. Ooh. Just try it. Mm. Try to serve some flavored ice. <laughs> okay. Put a tin up. Some ice with syrup. Yeah. Put a tin up. <laughs> right. Do it all good and fair. You know, don't rob anyone. Don't steal from anyone. Don't mm. defraud anyone. Don't mm-hmm. poison anyone. Mm-hmm. But just try to serve snow cones. Right. Go to Sunset, okay? The the average income is probably below the poverty level, somewhere along those lines. That is super accurate. People really need opportunity to innovate, to create, to serve, to produce. Mm-hmm. Just go there and try to serve some snow cones. See what happens. See what happens. Yeah. That's right. You are going to get shut the heck down, my friend. If not immediately, eventually. Drive As around downtown Opelousas. Ooh. Try to start a business in one of these abandoned buildings. Look, I could not move into... So this building that we occupy currently right now has been vacant for at least five years. At least five years. And whenever I tried to move into it to rent it, I had to have a building inspector come and get a certificate of occupancy from the city in order just to be sure. in this space. And, and that's not too bad. Wild. I mean, we've got to do some things for safety, but try to start a daycare in downtown Lafayette. Oh, yeah. Purchase an old building. I know from personal experience, the government will come down on you mm. in unprecedented force. Oh, yeah. yeah Try yeah, yeah. to rebuild downtown Opelousas somewhere else. Just mm. just try to recreate the vibe and the the uh, you know the sort of the feel of it. Mm-hmm. The same the same types of structures and sizes of structures. See how see if you have the the massive and massive amounts of money that will take to mm. be able to even come close to that. Right. What we're saying is l- let our people go. Mm. Let people work. Let them innovate, create, cooperate the way they want. You see, when people are really ready to get their hustle on. Mm-hmm. And they're really starving. They're desperate. You know what they do? They don't tell the government. No. Well, okay. So they keep it on the DL. Am it, I right? Yes. Or is that the LD? MAGA. DL. DL. MAGA. Okay. MAGA Marxist. Matt. MAGA. So many something we don't know. Mysterious Matt. Ooh, yes. There it is. <laughs> it's always going to be an alliteration, though. 
So I have a guy. You in, are wearing your trench coat today. Okay, good to see. In the great city of Opelousas, I have a guy who is my my wing guy, my chicken wing guy. <laughs> okay, but this is I'm not making this up. Don't out him. He has. I'm not going to say who it is, and we're going to keep that keep that on the DL. But I promise you, this man makes better chicken wings than any other place I have ever had in my entire life. And he operates out of like a little 900 square foot house. Bought a commercial fryer. Just got it hanging out on the side of his house. Somebody was asking, I was telling people about it on the internet. I was like, you got to go try this guy. You can only order through Instagram. You got to go meet him someplace to pick him up. Like it's a, it's a shady deal. And people were asking me, they were like, is he approved by the health board? It's like, I don't care. Look, <laughs> turn your grandma in the next time she brings you some cookies, okay? <laughs> call, call the local bureaucrat and turn her in. Turn her in. Send her off to cookie jail. She's not licensed for this. Listen, let my people go. Boom. Now, all of this, this call to free enterprise, mm-hmm. to just and free enterprise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it assumes private property. Oh. That we get to own our property. Okay. Okay, Private okay. property is biblical, and it is intrinsically good. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 44. Mm-hmm. Fields shall be bought for money, God declares, and deeds shall be signed and sealed and witnessed in the land of Benjamin. Signed, sealed, delivered. Amen. In the places about Jerusalem and in the cities of Judah, in the cities of the hill country, in the cities of the Shephelah. And in the cities of the Negev, for I will restore their fortunes, declares the Lord. Hmm. The Lord is restoring the fortunes of this people, and it is manifest through the purchasing of land, the the legal and just transactions, Mm -hmm. the the handing overs of, of monies and deeds. Listen to the promises of the kingdom in Isaiah 65, verse 21. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and have half of their vineyards stolen by the government and Wait. redistributed no, to a power base. It doesn't say that, Brandon. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't say that. It says, they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They mm-hmm. shall not build and another inhabit. Amen. Let my people go. This is a kingdom promise that they shall build mm-hmm. and not another inhabit. Amen. It's their house. Mm-hmm. They have a right to live in it. They built it. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. That sounds fantastic. Promise of the kingdom. Assuming private property. Assuming It's private property. They get to work, and with that sweat equity, they they create wealth, and they have a harvest, and they eat it themselves, not another one. Mm -hmm. The idea that a marauding uh, band of... of, um, of, of, you know, warriors mm-hmm. comes and takes your property for themselves. The idea that a tyrant would take your land or take half of your land or take half of your fruits is in Scripture the very definition of evil, injustice, and tyranny. Mm. In Scripture, the kingdom, as it flourishes and advances through the preaching of the gospel and the power of the Spirit, people get to have property. They're accountable to work it. They're accountable to God. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are blessed with the fruits of their labors, and they get to keep it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this kingdom promise is not for the future. This is not a description of heaven. This is a description of now. The kingdom has come. Ooh. It is now. Wherever the gospel thrives, people begin to have private property. They work as stewards of that property. Mm-hmm. They believe they are accountable to God to use it to serve others and to serve their community. 
This is a this is sort of the basics of a Christian economy. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we can make some deductions. I'll just go through them All right, and go. talk about each one. Go. All right. Private property and stewardship are assumed to be the normal state of mankind. That's it. That's Period. normal state. Yeah. The so idea not, that your property doesn't belong to you, that it actually belongs to the state, and that you have to pay taxes on it, and if you don't pay those taxes, they can take it from you by mm-hmm. force. Right. That's crazy. It's evil. Agreed. It's evil. And now, we've seen that happen around here. People who don't pay their taxes for a set amount of time, if anyone walks up and pays the tax debt on that particular property, that person is now the owner of that property. It's wild stuff, man. And the taxes are based on an assessment done by a bureaucrat those assessments continue to go up over time so as inflation goes up the assessments go up the taxes go up Mm -hmm. so you can't pass it down to the next generation as soon as there's calamity or hardship or economic disaster they can't pay their taxes on it Mm -hmm. they should be able to own it outright and not have it constantly under threat of seizure by the government Mm -hmm. here's another deduction um, the Bible teaches us that if you steal from another, what do you have to pay back? Four times. Restitution. Right. See, this, um, this assumes private property. Mm-hmm. Consider this in the scriptures. If someone lost one of their animals, the Bible demands you return it to them. It's not, uh, you know, finders, keepers, losers, weepers in the scripture. <laughs> God believes right. in private property. Right. If you have a burglar breaking into your home... At night, in the scriptures, you can defend your home with lethal force. Hmm. That's how much God respects the life of a person and the property of a person. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that if you don't help your neighbor get his donkey out of the ditch, right? right. What sort of a person are you? It's their donkey, right? They need assistance. You should respect their rights and, and their property. The Bible even provides like that's an acceptable reason to miss church on Sunday. Amen. Let the thief no longer steal, Paul says. The idea that there is such a category as thief means there's private property. Right. That, that someone can, quote, steal means there's private property. Mm. He says, let the thief no longer steal, but let him work that he might have mm. something to share. Mm-hmm. You see how all of this generosity, charity, work, wealth, it all assumes private property. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. public property. Where the state controls everything, mm-hmm. but private, the household, the individual. God has given us this right, and God blesses this right. It is a part of what it means to be a human. It is a part of what it means to have mm-hmm. dignity mm-hmm. and to be created in the image of God. But Pastor Brandon, what about in the book of Acts when all of the apostles and new disciples, mm. they're selling all their property, they're pulling it together. Obviously, they're communists. Acts right? chapter 2. Socialism, uh, socialists, Christian socialists. Yeah, I mean, clearly, that's uh, liberation what's going on theologians. There. Yeah. They love to point out Acts chapter two. Mm. That's right. Well, let me give you the context of Acts chapter two. Okay, go. Um, Jesus had told them that in a few years the city would be burnt to ashes. <laughs> that the Romans yeah. were coming. Mm-hmm. That the temple would be destroyed so that not a single stone was left on top of it of a, of the other. That it would be thrown in down the hill. That there would be massive amounts of. Um, you know, massive executions, mm. horrible judgment was coming on the city. Right. So you have to take that into consideration. First sure. of all, everyone knows we're about to lose all of our land anyway. 
Right. Because judgment is coming on Jerusalem. So might as well sell it now. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, Jesus told them, when you see basically the signs, and he told them the signs, leave Jerusalem, head to the hills, flee the great tribulation on foot to the hills. Because hmm. it's going to be a terrible day. He says, you do not, look, if you're on the rooftop, get out of town. Don't pack a bag. It's going to come on this city fast, fast and furious. So he, was, he told his disciples there would be judgment on Jerusalem, mm-hmm. that you're going to lose everything you have anyway, that you will be scattered, right? You will go to the four corners of the earth. Mm-hmm. So when they first were saved, these were all Jewish people in Jerusalem. The Spirit of God was working. They were persecuted. They were marginalized. They had much of their property taken from them by mm-hmm. the synagogues and the other religious officials. Mm-hmm. But those who had remaining began to sell it and to take care of one another because they were preparing for a great exodus, the, the ultimate exodus, anyway. of mm-hmm. which the original exodus only foreshadows. Mm. And so even then, though, what did Peter say to Ananias and Sapphira? You didn't have to. You didn't this. have to do this. It yeah. was yours. Mm-hmm. That's right. We know from Scripture, as you continue to read the book of Acts, Barnabas still had houses. Peter's family still had houses. Right. They didn't liquidate all their assets and all become absolutely poor. And they weren't doing it under the barrel of a gun. Nor were they doing it under the barrel of a gun. They were actually handing it over as a free will offering to the elders of the church, who were mm. the apostles at that time, who used the deacons to distribute it. Mm. They were taking care of one another to prepare for the great exodus. They were the true Israel about to, to leave in the true exodus mm. to the nations out of the new Egypt, which was Jerusalem. So pretty complicated stuff. Ooh. But the idea that some government bureaucrat came in there and stole all their property and then redistributed to their power base in exchange for votes right. to enter into a socialist utopia, you know, seriously. This is insane. The, that's why I say Christian socialists close. are stooges. Mm. They, they do not understand. They will be the first loaded on cattle cars. Mm. Mm-hmm. They, they, they need to wake up. They need to wake up. They need to repent. So here's some things. If you don't have private property and you have publicly owned property, consider all the things that this destroys. Mm. You know, how hard are you going to work? Not very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Not very hard. I mean, are you going to sweat, really? I mean, you're only going to work if someone's pointing a gun at you, really. It's hot outside. It's Louisiana. I don't really sweat that much. If you're going to have all the the fruits of your labors taken from you. Yeah. See, the the end of private property means the end of motivation to work. Let me tell you something. The hardest I have ever worked in my life, I think, will go back to the first three months of uh, quarantine and I just spent it at the new house that we bought, which is our first house. Like, and we were just there working the whole time, getting the property ready because it was ours. I, I think that's super true. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, maybe some, some of our listeners, some of our commenters have some other ideas about what um, the abolition of private property would um, destroy. Mm. Here's another one. It destroys a sense of accountability to God and to neighbor. Hmm. How so? When God gives us private property, biblically, mm-hmm. it is a stewardship. Oh, He's the landlord. We're not yeah. saying that we own it ultimately. Right. We are right. the managers of it. Right. But we are the managers of it. Right. Not central planners in the capital. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. the managers of it. We are the stewards. And, but what that means, you see, and here's the heart of the matter. Okay. When you believe in private property... You have to believe in a law that you're held accountable for using that private property. Mm. 
Right. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? To some he gives one, to others five, and to others ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The judge returns, and he expects a prophet. All right, all right. And those right, servants right. are accountable to him to have done so. So we are the stewards, and we have an accountable, we are accountable to God. To use that property for what? Self-indulgence? No. For others. Mm. You see, this is all part of a, a Christian economic system that God gives us property to steward mm-hmm. for the kingdom. And if we steward it for the kingdom well, we can expect what? Mm. To be blessed. Right? Amen. But if we don't, we can expect it to be taken from us. Ooh. That's what Jesus promises. It also kills the de- it destroys the knowledge of judgment. Be say because if He's given you land and He's given you a law and He's called you to serve to produce a profit and He's going to hold you accountable, He's not only going to hold you accountable in the future; He's holding us accountable today as well. Hmm. He's providentially engaged in this work, so it kills all kind of it kills the incentive to work. Mm-hmm. To invent? How, I mean, how creative are you going to be? If you double your profits, you don't get to see them. What are you going to do? You're just going to keep the status quo. Yeah. You're not going to be efficient. Sure. You're not motivated, ultimately. Pastor Joe says um, that it also <coughs> deprives us of the ability to take dominion. Ooh. In other words, we've got nothing to shape, um, nothing to really create for the Amen. glory of God. Yeah, we're created in the image of God. We're called to, to participate in the dominion mandate. The cultural mandate to make, to create, mm-hmm. to develop, to produce. Mm. It crushes that human spirit. Mm. That's why someone who doesn't uh, use their property to the glory of God and instead is taking other people's money through the power of the state loses their soul. Mm. Modern welfare doesn't just steal from the rich. It steals the souls of the poor. Mm. It, it collapses their entire culture their dignity, their esteem, and their humanity. Hmm. It it is a demonic poison that ruins societies. Hmm. It it, it criminalizes the entirety of the society because they now are living off of stolen goods. And they continue to vote tyrants in power to continue to steal more and more. They become filled with greed and envy. And And their entire basis of survival is not, let me work in order that I might have more wealth, Let me pass it to my children. Let me innovate, create, and produce. It's let me maneuver and manipulate the system to get mine and to get more of what others have. Mm. It's a soul-destroying force at work in our society. Mm. Mm -hmm. We have to have a Christian alternative to this. Mm. And here's another thing it destroys. It destroys your motivation to cooperate with other businesses down the road or with other people. Hmm. You see, because there's competition, okay? Right. See, if, every, if everybody, I'm trying to think of a good example. If everybody's doing the same thing, you're competing, some people are, are priced out of that market, right? Some people aren't going to be able to do it. So what you do is you find different niches. You, you start to cooperate where, where some people, you know, something simple. Some people are doing wool while others are doing milk. And then others are doing cheese and others doing cottage cheese, right? right? right. Others doing distribution, others doing, um, you know, what is n- necessary to preserve it long term. So everyone's finding their niche and that whole system of turning sheep into um, nourishment for humans mm-hmm. becomes a cooperative effort. Okay. All done through innovation, efficiency, um, ingenuity. People are invented these things mm-hmm. and they all have to work together as a society 
Now, if, if now you're not get, able to keep your products, it begins to fall apart. People no longer can cooperate with one another, but see each other as enemies because there's someone with a gun stealing from the neighbor and giving to another person. Hmm. So it completely destroys that. It really it destroys community. Hmm. So then, then what happens is, after this is done over and over and over again, those communities begin to separate from one another. They hate one another. Hmm. They despise one another. Every, every single election becomes a matter of war. Because like we're the, seeing right now. Amen. Yeah. Because the bureaucrats have people's wealth. Right? That's, it's, a, it's a hard truth. Now here's, the, here's the bottom line. If you lease a man a garden, right, just lease it to him. Mm-hmm. He'll return you a patch of sand. But if you give a man, make him the owner, right, mm-hmm. of a patch of sand, he'll return it to you a garden. See, that's, that's a, a long-time principle, and everybody who rents homes knows this. Yeah. People who rent, in general, do not take care of the property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the people who own do. Mm-hmm. They have a sense of ownership and private property. Sure. Changes everything. All Absolutely. right, what else we got going on? I have so much more to say, and maybe we'll share it for later, save it for later, but... Bring it in. Anything else? Anybody else talking? Any other suggestions? Not so far, no. We've got lots of listeners, though. Guys, if you have questions, feel free to drop them in the comments. We'd love to interact with a little bit more with you there. It's such an interesting idea. If you lease a man some property, <laughs> it gives you a patch of sand. Well, I mean, think about <clears throat> this. In, in the gardening world, mm-hmm. if you have pastures... If you do not use those pastures in a sustainable way, mm-hmm. the next generation won't have them. Yeah, that's right. If you aren't allowed to hand those pastures down to the next generation, then who cares? Then you don't. You care. have less incentive mm. to use the pastures in a sustainable way. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if it's your pasture and it's going to be your child's pasture one day, mm-hmm. you will practice sustainable gardening and pasture techniques Mm -hmm. so that the land is preserved for future generations Mm. and that can be done this is why you see in christian societies more sustainable pasture and garden principles because they're thinking about legacy that's right ready to hand things down that's right Mm. you don't see that in socialistic societies or in um, basically slave economies Mm. you see this in christian societies where there is private property But, of course, we could just simply say consider the alternative. What's the alternative? The public owns everything, mm-hmm. right? Right. And they use violence to steal anyone's best efforts. Okay. And they have to suppress not only, you, you know, by stealing taxes, but they have to suppress your best efforts to make sure everything remains equal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let me just get into it a little bit more philosophically. Um, Christian socialists believe we should all have equal amounts of resources, that there should be economic equality. On the no front disparities. end you're talking about. No, across the board. We should not have classes, that it should be all equal. Economic equality, equality of outcome, no disparities. Hmm. That's their ultimate goal. That is what they believe is social justice. Hmm. When they use the word social justice in economics, they believe... Total economic equality, no disparities, equality of outcome. Hmm. They believe the fact that there are disparities is a sign that there's a systemic injustice. In but play. that doesn't make any sense because some kids are just smarter than others. That's right. 
It's we impossible. Say that, right? It's possible. It's impossible, first of all, because the Bible doesn't distribute gifts and talents and opportunities equally. Right. To some one, to others five, to others ten. Right. Even if we're just talking about talent and skill, like just that. Obviously, people have different amounts of that in different areas of work right. and opportunity. You can't equally distribute that. It's not possible unless you Amen. try to like. And the Bible says clearly if a man doesn't work and stuff. there are some who don't want to work and who refuse to work mm. and continue to be idle, they shouldn't eat. Mm. The Bible is not for total equality of outcome. Mm. Heaven will not even be that. Even in heaven, some will have more than others. Larger mansions, smaller mansions. That's, yes, yeah, that's, that's right. an age-old thing. Leviticus 19.15 tells us, show no partiality to the poor. Oh, dang. We are not to show any partiality whatsoever. Mm. Justice is not equality of outcome. Now, you could see some disparities in a society and perhaps um, dig in there and find some systemic injustice. Mm-hmm. But just because there is a disparity does not necessarily mean that there is an injustice. Okay. And in honestly, you'll never be able to equalize all things. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, consider socialistic towns or socialistic economies. Is everything equalized? No, there's always somebody on top. Yeah, usually a very small group of people with, you know, palaces with guard towers around them. Right. And the, <laughs> and the biggest, right. most beautiful buildings in town are always government buildings. Mm-hmm. So this is hard to swallow, um, but it's just simply true that justice does not lead to total equality. In fact, true justice is going to have some disparities. Mm. It's going to. Because that's how the Bible works. Like we said earlier, one, five, ten. God gives different gifts to different people. Yeah, We don't choose where we're born or when we die, Mm -hmm. how tall we are. A lot of these things. Now, there should not be, like we've said earlier, any injustice or fraud or corruption or power plays. Mm -hmm. The government should use the sword to enforce justice. Mm -hmm. We desire equality of opportunity, Mm -hmm. equal playing fields, so to speak, but not equality of outcome. Right. Or not the end all, the the delusion of ending all disparity. Mm -hmm. I'll put it this way. Um, The only way to force total economic equality is to use guns and to steal it. That's the only way to force it. Hmm. That's right. I mean, you have to do that. That's right. And what's the conclusion then? The conclusion would then be that you are wealthy, not because you work hard, but because you know how to maneuver the system Hmm. and manipulate the system. Hmm. It makes elections huge fights. Well, and then you go back to the same problem that you had in the first place, and then you end with another revolution of some other people saying, no, we're oppressed. Yeah, this, it is. Uh, Marxism does cyclical. create a, ty- a, a constant circling of the drain. Mm-hmm. As the poor get the income, now they're on top. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's like wealth becomes a hot potato. Mm-hmm. Whoever dies with it goes to hell. You know, it's yeah. like, no, but wealth is a blessing from God. It can be. Mm-hmm. There are people who are wealthy because of injustice. That must be stopped. Right. But, but we need, but the state is not the one who can equalize outcomes. Mm. They, the state is not God. Right. 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 When the state becomes God, tries to equalize all this and create social justice instead of biblical justice, which is free enterprise, mm-hmm. what ends up happening is that elections are huge fights because the bureaucracies control so much money. Mm. Everybody knows what's at stake here. Well, they just cut everybody a $4,200 check. Was that like two months ago? 
Now we're all in us. this. We're all in it. They're cutting us another one here in, uh, what, another month or so? Looks mm. like another one's coming to your house. Great. The government's going to pay you, Brandon Neely, <laughs> $10,000 this year. <sighs> <laughs> and what this does, it, it ends collaboration and partnership. Mm. It mm. makes enemies of neighbors. Mm. Makes everybody move farther away from each other, hate each other. Right. Make war on one another because what they have, they have because at, at my expense, mm. politics become weaponized completely. Mm-hmm. And because the state, and here's the real kicker, because the state is trying to equalize everything economically, it can't just keep taxing from some. It also has to suppress good behavior. Mm. It has to stop you from innovating from working hard. It has to put limits on those things. You can't let anyone get ahead. It's constantly at war with God's blessings. Mm. And in the end, at the end of the day, it's the poor who are hurt the most in all of this. So, so really, just the people who are the most connected in these scenarios are the ones who come out on top. The party it's a officials, type of wealth. the party officials, those who will bend the knee to the to the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who begin to get, but they lose their soul in the process. Right. Of it. Right. So biblical justice, just to summarize, it means opportunity equally unhindered, mm-hmm. free. Amen. Opportunity equally unhindered. Right. No one should be hindered from attempting something that is legitimate mm. in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We should have freedom to work hard, to receive wealth, to keep that for ourselves, and mm-hmm. to use it accountable to God. Biblical justice fights to see that all goods, privileges, and power are being distributed, not equally, but justly, mm-hmm. in conformity to the Bible. Right? And what the outcome is would then be just. Mm-hmm. And it would be better than what we have right now. Amen. So, amen. amen. Well, that's just a sort of a, a basic overview mm-hmm. of Christian free enterprise. Amen. So I hope it helps everybody. Absolutely. Guys, thank you all so much for joining us again. I want to encourage you all, if you're just stepping into maybe the things we've been talking about for the first time, you can go back and check all of our episodes of Household and Homestead, God and Government. You can go to sermonaudio.com, search keyword, We Are Christchurch. You can also go to any podcast app that you might have and search for Christchurch Media. You can go to our Facebook page, which is our Christchurch Media page, and actually watch all the episodes if you'd like to. We've got tons and tons of resources. If you're feeling like today is going a little bit over your head. That's okay. Um, we've been dealing with this topic for a little while, and I encourage you to entrench yourself in the teaching and resources that we're providing over here at Christ Church. Learn a little bit more and uh, hopefully grow in the process. Yes, but yes. Thank you all so much for tuning in, um, and we will see you guys again on Tuesday, right? Yeah, see you next week. Tuesday next week for our household and homestead, 11 o'clock right here on Christ Church Media. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you all next time.